To work on becoming better at supporting friends, reach out to friends and ask how they're doing. Lean on friends when you need support. Instead of trying to escape when friends express strong feelings, pause and stay present. Or look at offering support as an opportunity to deepen friendships. People who have trouble giving support may have some deeper issues around being uncomfortable with strong emotion. So therapy can be helpful as well. Now that last part where they said friends harbor resentment that goes unexpressed. Am uncomfortable with strong emotion. And so reading this is like, oh, hmm, that's interesting. So my weakness is not knowing how to show up for my friends. I typically let people come to me with issues, but I'm really not great at comforting people. I don't like to give unsolicited advice. I'm great as a listening ear, but when it comes to actually saying my true thoughts about situations or whatever, it's really hard for me to do that. I don't like sharing hard truths. I don't want you to be upset at me. I don't want to damage the relationship by saying something that hurts your feelings or isn't what you want to hear. I'm not saying I'm a complete people pleaser and I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah, that sounds great. I'm not a yes man, but I also struggle with being 100% real. I'm probably like 85% real. Like all, all my delivery is sweet. I'm polite, but as far as getting a raw hard truth from me, it is hard. I'd really like to get better at that because I, of course, am a communicator. Having hard conversations is important to me and holding my friends accountable to their goals is also really important to me. So being able to, you know, come to my friends and say, hey, look, you set this goal and I see you're, you're not doing anything about it. So how are we getting ourselves up and motivated to achieve these things how how do how do we do that I don't know having that conversation feels so icky to me but it is really important because we are growing together I need to be better at sharing my opinions obviously very politely and kindly with empathy but I do need to be a little bit more open to that so lastly we have identity acceptance on the strengths side of things you have a profound understanding that supporting your friend in being who they are and not who you want them to be is a key aspect of friendship you give your friends space to be their true self around you and your friends feel comfortable around you and close to you because of it your friendship is healing for people according to the research when friends support another's identity the friendship is more likely to deepen over time. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I want my friends to be who they are. That's a key aspect of friendship to me. I am your friend because you are you, not because you act like anybody else. And that's why it's really important to start things off very authentically because I want to get to know you. And I, of course, give my friends the space to be their true selves around me. Now on the weakness side of things... Those who are low in identity acceptance may experience the following. Projects their values onto friends, wanting friends to act in ways that they consider right without realizing that friends have distinct needs. Friends shrink into a watered-down version of themselves to avoid judgment. Keeps friends around only if they're submissive, quick to offer friends advice, struggles to hear friends out. Friendships feel as if one person is dominant and the other is submissive. Friends may back away from the friendship because they don't feel accepted. So those who are low in identity acceptance can work on the following. Those who are low in identity acceptance tend to struggle with forming deeper connections. To work on accepting your friend's identity, take your friend's perspective, be curious about your friend's internal world, ask questions instead of offering advice, see the best in your friends, or value your friend's perspective even when it's different from your own. So my weakness is that I do this to a fault. So I already kind of mentioned this, but I really struggle to have the hard conversations with my friends about themselves. I'm typically not the person that's going to tell you about yourself. I'm not the gatherer. I'm not the reader. I'm not that girl. But sometimes it's important to hold your friends accountable for their actions. I'm not saying any of my friends are wiling out or anything like that. They're not. They're not. If your friend is telling you a situation where they were clearly in the wrong and you just sit up in their face and let them say that, 
them know, hey, friend, you could have done that a little better. Or, you know, I don't really agree with that perspective. Why do you think like that? I think it's really important to ask questions so you get a, a better understanding for how they're feeling. And it doesn't seem like an attack because you don't agree with them. But that's a place where I really need to work on because I, I want, at the end of the day, my people to be better people. So if there are situations where people are dead wrong, I gotta I gotta be a big girl and I gotta let them know. Okay, so that is kind of a recap of the quiz that included the strengths and weaknesses of this friendship quiz that I did. I really liked it. I feel like I learned a lot. It was really helpful to kind of get a better understanding of the kind of friend that I am and where I can improve in all of these areas. Overall, my biggest takeaways are Be patient with my friends. I may not know what they're going through, especially if they're not telling me. So just be patient and um, lead with empathy always. I need to learn how to speak up and share authentically with respect for my friends. But we got to have that real ass conversation. We got to be real with each other. Unfiltered, raw, respectful, but real as fuck. And on that, I also need to be more open with my friends and be vulnerable. We are all in this life thing together, and it is much easier to have people to lean on and cry with than to do it alone. And honestly, I don't want to have to re-explain my situation every time and have to tell the whole entire story all over again, where it's like, if I was just open to begin with and really let them in on what I'm going through and told them, I wouldn't have to relive the experience every single time. And always have empathy for everyone involved. That includes an ex-friend, mm-hmm, an ex-friend, a best friend, and yourself. How things play out is how things play out, but it's always important to have empathy and understanding for everyone involved. So just know, no one in any situation is ever completely innocent. So have empathy for everyone involved. At the end of the day, in friendship, it is just really important to stay true to yourself and continue to show up for yourself just as your friends do. You cannot come to a relationship, a friendship, as half of a person. You can't give your all to other people if you are not showing up for yourself. So make sure you're taking care of yourself while also trying to show up and be a better friend. And today, we do have our first listener letter. And we do have our first listener letter this week, so I'm going to go ahead and hop into that. Hey girl, love the pod and would love your advice. So, my ex and I broke up in February, and I've been on this growth journey. He's the one that came back like a month after our breakup, and now he's wishy-washy. One day he's more drawn to me, and the next I don't hear from him at all. What's your opinion on exes? What? is my opinion on exes that is really first of all a great question thank you so much for sending this in overall i think everything happens for a reason i really truly believe that and i think at the end of the day it's important to listen to your gut and trust your intuition now i i think when it comes to exes i do think there are situations in which if things are supposed to be they'll fall back into place but if he is showing you so many signs that say i don't deserve you i'm not interested maybe it's time to take a back seat now depending on how close you are with this person it might be hard and I think there still is an opportunity, It depending on how deep your relationship was and how, how much you love this person, there might be an opportunity to be friends. But I think the most important thing you can do is set clear-cut boundaries. Similarly to how initiation, how we talked about initiation earlier this episode, you have to put your cards on the table. And it's very scary, but... In order to set your clear boundaries, you have to let him know, hey, look, I like you a lot. I've been doing the work to, you know, get back into a healthy spot, not just for me, but to, you know, strengthen this relationship. Are we doing this or not? Are we moving towards a path of getting back together or not? Because I don't want to waste my time. It's not fair for me 
to continuously wait for an answer from you when you are sending me mixed signals. It's not fair to the growth that I've done for me to sit here and let you play in my face. Like, it's not. It's not fair to you. And so I think you just have to set those clear-cut boundaries if it's worth it to you. I mean, I think, too, you need to do deep reflection and, and think about what your life looks like if this person is in it and what it looks like if it's not and really listen to how you feel because I think ultimately you know you know what you want it's just a matter of if you are forcing something to work that maybe you don't really want hopefully that was helpful I think ultimately you just need to be open and honest with your ex. Let him know what you want. Tell him what you need. Maybe give him a list of action items like, hey, dude, like (laughs) you need to do X, Y, Z so you can get back with me. But seriously, on a serious note, you really you really do need to set clear cut boundaries with him. And I would almost even put an internal timeline in your head for yourself like if he doesn't take me out on a date or if he doesn't explicitly say he wants to be with me or that he's interested in getting back together in the future by July then it's time to let him go I think you just have to make that hard decision of when your cutoff time is and what you're willing to put up with and stay firm in that boundary thank you for submitting our first listener letter. Hopefully the advice was helpful. Hopefully it wasn't too much of a raw hard truth like I've been talking about. Thank you all so much for listening today. If you are loving the show so far, please be sure to share it with your friends. Give it a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow myself in the pod on social media at breakfast.pod. Your review and share is so helpful to the growth of this podcast, so I really appreciate it. Please, please, please make sure if you are loving it, tap in. Welcome to the Let's Have Breakfast podcast. We're here to talk about all the trials and tribulations in your early 20s and also the amazing things that make these times in your life so great. We'll laugh, cry, talk shit, and drop episodes weekly. So grab a seat at the table and let's have breakfast. We are back with another solo episode. Hello. How are you doing? Every time I get on here, I feel the need to greet you all as if you're in the room with me. And I know you can't necessarily talk back, but you know, we're here. We're having a conversation together. It's it's not just me by myself. It's a solo episode, but we're here together. The latest episode on Internet Big Sisters was such a hit. Thank you all so much for all the love this season. It is really amazing to see some of these creators and um, big influencers, you know, really resonating with the messages that I'm sharing. Like it it really is so rewarding. And I know I say this every single week, but really, I really appreciate all the support. I love your feedback. I love to hear what you guys like. Please tell me if you have any episode ideas or you have anything you want me to speak to because I really, you know, this is an open conversation. And especially as we move to kind of like a video format, I really want to further connect with you all and engage. So definitely shoot a DM. And two, on that note, I am going to be starting a new segment on the Let's Have Breakfast pod where I answer questions that you all share with me. So basically, you'll submit a paragraph, um, a quick little question or anything to the Instagram at breakfast.pod or feel free to shoot me an email. It's J-E-S t-u-t-e-y at gmail.com of course they will be completely anonymous i will read your message and then i will provide a response if you decide to email please make sure the subject line says listener letter or anything along those lines like sos please help (laughs) agree if the advice does not resonate don't take it i am a firm believer in 
always trusting your own intuition. I think it's great to seek other people's opinions and thoughts as you are making decisions, but ultimately I think decisions should be completely made by you. And I've talked a little bit about that before as um, like a form of growth is like trusting your own intuition and trusting yourself to make the best decisions. So all that to say, if you are seeking advice, if you have any questions, if you are just in a place where you're like, I don't know what to do, whether it's career, whether it's love, friendship, any of it, let's talk about it and send me a letter. So let's get into this topic today. Today is all about friendship and maybe a little bit of frenemies, but you know we like to focus on the positive over here, so of course we are going to talk about how we can grow, how we can elevate, how we can make the best friendships for ourselves. So as someone who grew up in home as the only child, I do have siblings. We grew up in in separate homes, so there is... A different kind of relationship there. I was the only child that grew up in my home. So it's it's kind of like Hannah Montana, like I lived a dual life. But for the most part, I was parented and raised as an only child. And so friendship has always been really important to me. Making new friends, especially girlfriends, has been like forming a sisterhood. And I hold people really near and dear to my heart. Um, and I think that's why I really love to make connections, love to build community because I was always alone growing up. And so having people who are like-minded and motivated and I'm able to hold valuable conversations with is really important to me. And I think friendship for me is really therapeutic because they are my sisters. They're my support system. And for me, truly, I rarely fall out with friends. That is not something I enjoy. I don't think anyone enjoys friendship breakups. Let's be honest about that. But I really pride myself on trying to see situations from all perspectives, not having unrealistic expectations of my friends. I understand things happen. I'm not going to be the friend that falls out with you because you didn't come to my birthday dinner. Now, what I will fall out with you for or hold you accountable for is disrespect that's something that I I just don't do I've never been the friend that is constantly calling my my people bitches or you know talking to them in derogatory or off-putting ways I just don't really appreciate that I don't I don't want to speak to someone like that I don't I don't really love when people speak to me like that and so that is something that if you call me out of my name or speak to me as if I'm beneath you or, you know, say things in a manner that you would regret them at another point in time. If you just say things in the heat of the moment, I don't tolerate things like that. Even amidst that, I still try and see things from all perspectives. I still am able to empathize and and resonate with, you know, the other person's feelings. But at the end of the day, I really disrespect is like just about the only reason that I will go through a friendship breakup. But I also know that I'm not perfect by any means. I definitely have things to work on platonically. I definitely have things I can work on to show up as a better friend, to support my friends platonically, to just overall be a better person. But I definitely know I'm not perfect, you know, You will always be in situations where you think your friends can show up for you more. And it's kind of like that unspoken thing where it's like, oh, I wish you would have, you know, supported me in, in this journey. And just the other person really doesn't know. So a lot of times when I'm feeling a type of way personally about, you know, feeling lack of support, I sit and think about the last time that I have been there to support them. Have I been asking them key questions about things going on in their lives? Have I asked to hang out recently and and see how they're doing? Have I checked in on them? Have I really shown up to support and show them that I'm there? That's always a key question I think you can ask yourself when you're starting to feel a type of way. Healthily let them know that you miss the connection you used to have or 
you kind of need them to show up for you more. It's important to me to always have the conversation. It is not fair to leave people in the dark because you're afraid to speak up. If you need something from someone, you have to let them know and you have to have a conversation about it. Okay, okay. Let me get off my little pedestal talking about this because we're going to dive a little bit deeper into friendship. So I recently took this friendship questionnaire created by Dr. Marissa G. Franco. She is a friendship expert and psychologist. So this quiz has 20 questions and it is designed to share your friendship strengths and weaknesses once you complete it. Now, I highly recommend taking this quiz if you want to learn more about how you can grow as a friend. This is not sponsored at all. This is something I went out and found on my own because I wanted to learn more about how to show up and be a good friend, not only from personal experience, but the psychology behind it, like how, how do you strengthen your connections with your friends? Now, I highly recommend taking this quiz if you want to learn more about how you can grow as a friend. This is not sponsored at all. This is something I went out and found on my own because I wanted to learn more about how to show up and be a good friend, not only from personal experience, but the psychology behind it, like how, how do you strengthen your connections with your friends? So I want to quickly go through some of my scoring and really talk about what I've learned from the breakdown of everything. So the scoring is broken into five different quadrants initiation, which is essentially your desire, your want to initiate plans or conversations or really, you know, kick things off feelings. That's the best way I can put it. Vulnerability, being able to be vulnerable, of course, support. And these are kind of starting to be a little self-explanatory. So I'm, I'm not going to explain it to you like your support and identity acceptance. Overall, the scores were pretty high in each section. So the final information really didn't provide a lot on the weakness side of things. So I decided to provide my own because I don't I don't think it's fair for me to sit here and be like, oh, my my strengths. I'm so good at this, which is just not reality. So I think there are strengths and weaknesses in both. And I am able to reflect and think about ways that I could do better. So I went ahead and included that. Let's start with initiation. Initiation said I was great at putting myself out there and connecting with people. Actually, one second. Initiation friendship strengths. Initiation friendship strengths say you're great at putting yourself out there and finding people to connect to. You break the ice, introducing yourself to people or being the first one to ask a coworker to meet for happy hour. You don't expect people to come to you, you go to them. This skill allows you to make friends wherever you are. 
According to the research, people who are good at initiating tend to be less lonely, have higher self-esteem, and charm new acquaintances, which is definitely something that resonates with me. I do find myself often initiating plans, initiating tough conversations, and really putting myself out there. In fact, that really ties into another friendship topic that I wanted to talk about, which is putting yourself out there. Especially when you move to a new city, the only way you are going to make new friends is if you put yourself out there. And it is scary as hell. I'll be the first to tell you, I have done it in multiple situations. And that really is the only way that I have built a community since relocating to a bigger city. I have had the most success reaching out to people on social media. I'm not really a walk up to someone at a bar and introduce myself and do that whole thing. Like I will like compliment a girl's outfit or whatever, but I'm typically, I don't want to say I'm shy because I'm very outgoing. I'm a Leo. Like I, if I'm comfortable, I'm so extremely talkative and fun and Honestly, like what you see online, what you hear in the podcast is how I am in person, if I'm comfortable. Now, that comfortability, I have, I really have to push it when I am initiating things, initiating new friendships, because otherwise, I don't want to build a friendship that is inauthentic, so I want to come in being my full self. And that means putting all my cards on the table, putting myself out there, and they either like me or they don't, but that is me. So they either, they either, this is the Jaden they get and they like me or they don't, but that's their opportunity to choose. And you, you lose nothing by initiating. And while it can be scary to reach out and try and build these new connections, the worst thing someone can say is no. I have made so many new friends just by reaching out to them on social media. And like, when I say new friends, like I have lifelong connections. Like I will, this time in my life is really special to me because I've been able to create a community from scratch. I did this, I built this shit brick by brick. I did this on my own. And being able to really make friends that are genuine and true to you It's so special. So put yourself out there. You are doing yourself a disservice if you don't. Now on the initiation weaknesses, I'm going to quickly read what it says for those who are low in initiation. Those who are low in initiation may have these characteristics. Relies on others to reach out. Expects new friends to approach them. Feels anxious about being rejected so they don't put themselves out there. Saying things like, I like friendships to happen organically to keep from feeling responsible for creating and maintaining friendships. Establishes lukewarm friendships because they don't actively choose friends. Friends may be frustrated and feel like their friendship is one-sided. Friendships are less likely to last. So if you are low in initiation and want to get better, you can work through your anxieties around rejection, set aside time to reach out to old friends, Ask someone you like to hang out one-on-one and take responsibility for creating and maintaining your relationships. Now, I feel red and I'm kind of high in initiation. So while it's a hard truth, it is true because as someone who is really good at putting myself out there and laying all my cards on the table, my weakness is that I can get easily frustrated with having to initiate everything. I, I see myself in hearing um, friends may feel frustrated and feel like the relationship is one-sided because there are times where if I'm constantly being the one reaching out, if I'm always the one texting first or I'm always the one asking to hang out, it gets frustrating for me. I don't let us I don't let it discourage me because my policy is always if I want to do this thing, why should it stop me that they haven't reached out to me lately? If I want to see them, I want to see them. And in the meantime, if our relationship isn't that strong, that's okay with me, but I'm not going to ignore my feeling of missing this person or wanting to hang out with them just because they haven't texted me in 2 weeks. I'm I'm going to reach out. 
but it can, as, as someone who does constantly initiate things, it can get really frustrating to always feel like I'm the one doing things. And that's, that is platonic. That is romantic. That's also family oriented. I feel like family is really big for me in the initiation realm of being frustrated. But at the end of the day, people I love, I'm still going to reach out. I'm still going to put my effort in when I feel it is best appropriate. That's my philosophy. (laughs) And that's initiation. Let's move on to affirmation. Affirmation strengths. You may have an easier time deepening your friendships because you make people feel like you're on their side and you really are. You see your friends as an extension of yourself and thus accomplishments may feel as exciting to you as your own. According to the research, affirming others turns acquaintances into friends and deepens existing friendships. 100%. I'm rooting for my friends. I'm rooting for my acquaintances. I'm rooting for the person I met in a bar last night. I'm rooting for y'all all to win. Like I really, it is really important to me to celebrate people as I would want to be celebrated. And so it is like when when my close friends let me know amazing news or something really exciting, like I feel like that happened to me personally. There are situations in which my friends have told me great news or I've seen great news for them and I literally cry. Like it just, it, it, As I've said, I feel like my friends are an extension of sisterhood. And so watching them win, I I just cannot imagine a world in which I would not root for them or would not be happy for everything amazing they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, those who are low in affirmation, so the weaknesses, may have the following characteristics. They rarely praise friends. They take for granted the importance of affirming friends, assume their love for friends should readily be understood than expressed. Friends may feel nervous. Friends may feel nervous about whether they are liked, sometimes perceived as self-interested, boastful, or untrustworthy. Friends may limit contact. So if you are low in affirmation, something you can work on to become better at affirming others Look for things to like in your friends. Express joy over friends' success. Tell friends how much they mean to you. And recognize your friend's success as your own success. And I honestly, the things to work on is really helpful because if you hear yourself and you're like, wow, sometimes sometimes I do feel like that. Sometimes I am, you know, envious if I hear my friend got this opportunity that I wanted instead. And I feel like that takes away from my specialness. Like that's, I mean, that's a deep realization. So it's really helpful that they provide some of these ideas of things that you can work on. So my personal weakness when it comes to affirmation is I do typically wait until something special happens to really show appreciation for my friends. And I, I feel like I could do a better job at at really validating and, and affirming them when great things happen, but also when mundane things are happening or when upsetting things are happening or just going through a hard time, anything. Like I am sometimes like a random love texter. Like I will send like a paragraph and talk about how amazing they are and why I love them because I'm a words of affirmation kind of girly. <laughs> And my friends can attest to that, but it is very random. Like it'll it'll just be like, you've been on my mind. Like, I really appreciate you. I hope you're doing well, those kinds of things. And I'll, I'll of course, like the my birthday messages are always sweet. I really hope those of you that receive the birthday messages feel that. But I really typically am only sending or really affirming my friends when big news is happening and so i really feel like i could do a better job of celebrating them more often especially in the mundane i am not shy to celebrate my friends i love them very much and i will celebrate them more this year i will be celebrating them more 
everyone take a deep breath because we are diving into vulnerability, which is, it is what it is. We are diving into vulnerability and that is what it is. (laughs) So again, I, I said it ranked me high. Like all of my numbers were high. They were in the higher 20s. That's where I disagree a little bit because vulnerability is some a place where I really struggle. So let's first talk about the strength of vulnerability. In friendships, you bring your whole self, even the messy parts. Friends feel close to you because they feel like they really know you. And your willingness to be vulnerable makes others feel comfortable being vulnerable as well. You tend to trust others and you're secure enough to assume that people will show up for you. According to research, vulnerability makes people appear more likable, deepens friendships, and leads others to be more vulnerable. Now this is true. I do show up as my whole self, even the messy parts, even the drama, even the tears lately. Like I'm I think that's as I get older, I'm just more emotional and like I just can't really lock my tears in and and control that as much as I used to be able to because now I've cried in front of people and I'm really not that girl. Like I, I, I grew up like trying not to cry in front of my mom. Like I'm not that girl. I'm not going to cry in front of you. It makes me really uncomfortable. So I try not to. Being vulnerable for me in general is uncomfortable because I I don't, I don't know. I don't really know. It is hard for me. Like when I say the thing about tears, like I didn't even cry in therapy until I was 20. I didn't cry in therapy until I was 21. I had been in and out of therapy since I was 10. I just would like the record to show that in general, vulnerability and really truly opening completely up is, is a struggle for me. I do it and it's uncomfortable. So now moving into the weaknesses of vulnerability, those who are low on vulnerability may have these characteristics. Shallow friendships, as if friends don't truly know one another, struggles with distrusting others, worries about others' judgment, feels confused as to how they feel and think, loneliness, claims to not need anyone. So if you are low in vulnerability, which I'm assuming a lot of people are because it is arguably the hardest part about showing up with other people. So to work on, vulnerability is perhaps one of the most essential ingredients of friendships. To work on being more vulnerable, talk to a close friend about something you're struggling with and censor yourself less in friendship. There may be there may also be some deeper issues around being shame prone and not trusting others. In which case, attending therapy may be helpful. Ooh, doctor said go to therapy, y'all. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of already spoke to how vulnerability is is a weakness for me. Because it is, like, I'm able to open up. I'm able to have the tough conversations and talk about my feelings and talk about things going on in my life. But it's hard for me to get deeply personal about those things. It's hard for me to talk about how it's affected me or, or how I feel or just things in general. So topics that are, are really hard for me are family issues in general, money situations, boyfriend trouble, stuff that like has a, a real effect on my life. Situations that by me talking about them aren't necessarily going to change anything. And I just don't want people feeling bad for me. I think that's my biggest thing with vulnerability. So... If anyone wants to have a cry sesh and like really dig deep, let's do it. Because I I think it would really be healing, actually. All right, let's dive into support. Support strengths are you are a loyal friend who shows up for friends. Even when things are hard, you find purpose in supporting others and want to make sure your friends know that they are not alone. When your friends are going through something, they know they can count on you. In fact, it may be important to your sense of integrity to show up for your friends. According to research, supporting friends strengthens... Fuck, do I know how to speak anymore? According to the research, supporting friends strengthens friendships. 
that's real. I'm loyal. I'm loyal. I'm going to show up for my friends even when things are hard. I'm, I am not, however, loyal to a fault. I do have a max. I feel like everyone should have a limit. So I am loyal. I'm going to show up for my friends. But I also, like they said, the integrity of self, that is really important to me. Now, with the weaknesses, those who are low in support may experience the following. Discomfort with strong feelings. Avoids or limits contact with friends who need support. Shallow friendships. Loneliness. Endorses unwritten rule that friendships should always be easy and never stressful. This next one is going to ruffle some feathers, but those who are low in support may compartmentalize friendships, such as the party friend or the basketball friends. Friends feel betrayed. Friends harbor resentment that goes unexpressed. To work on becoming better at supporting friends, reach out to friends and ask how they're doing. Lean on friends when you need support. Instead of trying to escape when friends express strong feelings, pause and stay present. Or look at offering support as an opportunity to deepen friendships. People who have trouble giving support may have some deeper issues around being uncomfortable with strong emotion. So therapy can be helpful as well. Now that last part where they said friends harbor resentment that goes unexpressed, am uncomfortable with strong emotion. And so reading this is like, oh, hmm, that's interesting. So my weakness is not knowing how to show up for my friends. I typically let people come to me with issues, but I'm really not great at comforting people. I don't like to give unsolicited advice. I'm great as a listening ear, but when it comes to actually saying my true thoughts about situations or whatever, it's really hard for me to do that. I don't like sharing hard truths. I don't want you to be upset at me. I don't want to damage the relationship by saying something that hurts your feelings or isn't what you want to hear. I'm not saying I'm a complete people pleaser and I'm just like, Oh yeah, yeah, that sounds great. I'm not a yes man, but I also struggle with being 100% real. I'm probably like 85% real. Like all, all my delivery is sweet. I'm polite, but as far as getting a raw hard truth from me, it is hard. I'd really like to get better at that cuz I of course am a communicator. Having hard conversations is important to me. And holding my friends accountable to their goals is also really important to me. So being able to, you know, come to my friends and say, hey, look, you set this goal and I see you're you're not doing anything about it. So how are we getting ourselves up and motivated to achieve these things? How how do how do we do that? I don't know. Having that conversation feels so icky to me, but it is really important because we are growing together. I need to be better at sharing my opinions, obviously, very politely and kindly with empathy, but I do need to be a little bit more open to that. So lastly, we have identity acceptance on the strengths side of things. You have a profound understanding that supporting your friend in being who they are and not who you want them to be is a key aspect of friendship. You give your friends space to be their true self around you and your friends feel comfortable around you and close to you because of it. Your friendship is healing for people. According to the research, when friends support another's identity, the friendship is more likely to deepen over time. 100%, 100%, I want my friends to be who they are. That's a key aspect of friendship to me. I am your friend because you are you not because you act like anybody else. And that's why it's really important to start things off very authentically because I want to get to know you. And I, of course, give my friends the space to be their true selves around me. Now on the weakness side of things, those who are low in identity acceptance may experience the following. Projects their values onto friends, wanting friends to act in ways that they consider right without realizing that friends have distinct needs. Friends shrink into a watered-down version of themselves to avoid judgment. Keeps friends around only if they're submissive, quick to offer friends advice, struggles to hear friends out, 
Friendships feel as if one person is dominant and the other is submissive. Friends may back away from the friendship because they don't feel accepted. So those who are low in identity acceptance can work on the following. Those who are low in identity acceptance tend to struggle with forming deeper connections. To work on accepting your friend's identity, take your friend's perspective, be curious about your friend's internal world, ask questions instead of offering advice, see the best in your friends, or value your friend's perspective even when it's different from your own. So my weakness is that I do this to a fault. So I already kind of mentioned this, but I really struggle to have the hard conversations with my friends about themselves. I'm typically not the person that's going to tell you about yourself. I'm not the gatherer. I'm not the reader. I'm not that girl. But sometimes it's important to hold your friends accountable for their actions. I'm not saying any of my friends are wiling out or anything like that. They're not. They're not. If your friend is telling you a situation where they were clearly in the wrong and you just sit up in their face and let them say that, them know hey friend you could have done that a little better or you know i don't really agree with that perspective why do you think like that i think it's really important to ask questions so you get a a better understanding for how they're feeling and it doesn't seem like an attack because you don't agree with them but that's a place where i really need to work on because i i want at the end of the day my people to be better people. So if there are situations where people are dead wrong, I gotta I gotta be a big girl and I gotta let them know. Okay, so that is kind of a recap of the quiz that included the strengths and weaknesses of this friendship quiz that I did. I really liked it. I feel like I learned a lot. It was really helpful to kind of get a better understanding of the kind of friend that I am and where I can improve in all of these areas. Overall, my biggest takeaways are Be patient with my friends. I may not know what they're going through, especially if they're not telling me. So just be patient and um, lead with empathy always. I need to learn how to speak up and share authentically with respect for my friends. But we got to have that real ass conversation. We got to be real with each other. Unfiltered, raw, respectful, but real as fuck. And on that, I also need to be more open with my friends and be vulnerable. We are all in this life thing together and it is much easier to have people to lean on and cry with than to do it alone. And honestly, I don't want to have to re-explain my situation every time and have to tell the whole entire story all over again where it's like if I was just open to begin with and really let them in on what I'm going through and told them, I wouldn't have to relive the experience every single time. And always have empathy for everyone involved. That includes an ex-friend, mm-hmm, an ex-friend, a best friend, and yourself. How things play out is how things play out, but it's always important to have empathy and understanding for everyone involved. So just know, no one in any situation is ever completely innocent. So have empathy for everyone involved. At the end of the day, in friendship, it is just really important to stay true to yourself and continue to show up for yourself just as your friends do. You cannot come to a relationship, a friendship, as half of a person. You can't give your all to other people if you are not showing up for yourself. So make sure you're taking care of yourself while also trying to show up and be a better friend. And today, we do have our first listener letter. And we do have our first listener letter this week. So I'm going to go ahead and hop into that. Hey girl, love the pod and would love your advice. So, my ex and I broke up in February, and I've been on this growth journey. He's the one that came back like a month after our breakup, and now he's wishy-washy. One day he's more drawn to me, and the next I don't hear from him at all. What's your opinion on exes? What is my opinion on exes? That is really, first of all, a great question. Thank you so much for sending this in. Overall, I think... Everything happens for a reason. I really truly believe that. And I think at the end of the day, it's important to listen to your gut and trust your intuition. Now, I I think when it comes to exes, I do think there are situations in which if things are supposed to be, they'll fall back into place. But if he is showing you so many signs that say, I don't deserve you, I'm not interested, 
maybe it's time to take a back seat. Now, depending on how close you are with this person, it might be hard. And I think there still is an opportunity, It depending on how deep your relationship was and how how much you love this person, there might be an opportunity to be friends. But I think the most important thing you can do is set clear-cut boundaries. Similarly to how initiation, how we talked about initiation earlier this episode, you have to put your cards on the table. And it's very scary, but in order to set your clear boundaries, you have to let him know, hey, look, I like you a lot. I've been doing the work to you know, get back into a healthy spot, not just for me, but to, you know, strengthen this relationship. Are we doing this or not? Are we moving towards a path of getting back together or not? Because I don't want to waste my time. It's not fair for me to continuously wait for an answer from you when you are sending me mixed signals. It's not fair to the growth that I've done for me to sit here and let you play in my face like it's not it's not fair to you and so I think you just have to set those clear-cut boundaries if it's worth it to you I mean I think too you need to do deep reflection and and think about what your life looks like if this person is in it and what it looks like if it's not and really listen to how you feel Because I think ultimately, you know, you know what you want. It's just a matter of if you are forcing something to work that maybe you don't really want. Hopefully that was helpful. I think ultimately you just need to be open and honest with your ex. Let him know what you want. Tell him what you need. Maybe give him a list of action items like, hey, dude, like... (laughs) You need to do X, Y, Z so you can get back with me. But seriously, on a serious note, you really you really do need to set clear-cut boundaries with him. And I would almost even put an internal timeline in your head for yourself. Like, if he doesn't take me out on a date or if he doesn't explicitly say he wants to be with me or that he's interested in getting back together in the future by... July, then it's time to let him go. I think you just have to make that hard decision of when your cutoff time is and what you're willing to put up with and stay firm in that boundary. Thank you for submitting our first listener letter. Hopefully the advice was helpful. Hopefully it wasn't too much of a raw hard truth like I've been talking about. Thank you all so much for listening today. If you are loving the show so far, please be sure to share it with your friends. Give it a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow myself in the pod on social media at breakfast.pod. Your review and share is so helpful to the growth of this podcast, so I really appreciate it. Please, please, please make sure if you are loving it, tap in.